It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Alec trying to steer around, picked off, centered, he scores! Feather back over to Manny, splits the defense, his shot, he scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington, hard collision, BL, centering feed, they score! This is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Nick Nolenberger here, the play-by-play voice of the Barracuda, alongside marketing manager Joey Goldstein. Training camp officially underway for the Barracuda as the Sharks assigned 21 players to the AHL on Monday. In addition, the Barracuda added four more on professional tryout agreements, and the movement continues. The Sharks recalled a handful of players for their trip down to Anaheim, and then quickly returned nine players back to the AHL. So the Barracuda roster currently sits at 28 players, including 17 forwards, 7D, and four goaltenders. So there are a lot of players right now practicing for the Barracuda. We'll see who gets in the lineup on Friday as the Cuda kick off the exhibition season. They'll have two preseason games against the Colorado Eagles, and then it's off and running to regular season play. But so far, the pace has been good. I think everybody's been pretty happy the way that the week has kind of transpired. Um, you can only take so much because of the movement and, and the players are in and out of practice uh, throughout the week. But I think the general pace uh, is there. I think Coach Sommer has been happy with the, the type of potential in terms of at the at the skill positions, in terms of potential goal scorers, and just what this team could be. But uh, again, a little hard to take too much from the first couple of days, but certainly nice to be back and exciting to get back in action. Yeah, it's cool to see everybody out on the ice and CUDA jerseys on their ice rank. That is the CUDA logo, which is a new addition this year, so that's pretty cool to see. Uh, you're right, it is kind of tough to really get a feel for things for the first couple of days. I think the first day, there was they did a lot of power skating drills, and it seemed like a more so a conditioning day than anything else. Uh, yesterday, they ramped it up a little bit. It became a bit more physical, working on some battles in the corners and, and you know puck protection kind of thing, so there was a little bit, of, a little bit more back and forth. Um, it seems like the... the thing that Roy's trying to do most. Obviously, there's the recall uh, yesterday for the Sharks game, so we lost a bunch of guys who were you know, likely going to end up with us for most of the season. So um, I think now that they're back, I think you can see Roy's just trying to mix and match and see who's got the most chemistry to, to see what lines are, are going to shake out. But the one thing that stands out most looking across the board aside from the talent is the speed that this team's going to have. Uh, up and, even on the back end, there's some defensemen who can fly too. Uh, which is nice because it's been a while since we've had a, a fast team. We've always had a couple guys here and there, but it seems like overall it's the main theme for uh, the Barracuda this year. I said uh, 28 on the roster, currently at 27, so correct myself there. But there are a lot of players in the mix. Usually the roster sits at 
around 24. So, you know, there's a handful of extra guys right now. Um, two notes, uh, of course, Antoine Bebo and Trevor Carrick had to clear waivers in order to be alone to the Barracuda. Both of them did clear. So we get our first look at Trevor Carrick, a guy that was acquired in a trade from Carolina in exchange for Kyle Wood, two defensemen um, for the Sharks. I think they like that Carrick was not only experienced, had a winning pedigree, having won a Calder Cup last year. Um, had a few games of NHL experience under his belt for Kyle Wood, a little bit younger. I think that was the motivation for Carolina. But our first chance to get to see Carrick uh, on the ice. And, and funny, his older brother, Sam Carrick, who plays down in San Diego for the goals, was their leading scorer last year. He played last night for the Ducks and ended up uh, dropping the mitts with Jeffrey Viel, who got called up um, for that game. Um, if we've seen Sam Carrick over the last few years. Mm-hmm. He's a dominating AHL player. But um, cool to have his brother now, and I think it only – amplify the rivalry when we end up taking on San Diego on October 11th for the home opener. Yeah, we got a couple, you know, brothers who are going to face off. Obviously, we got the Gregoire situation with, with uh, Jeremy down in Tucson, and now we got Carrick's in the mix. It was actually just funny. I was there this morning uh, for a little bit, getting some, some things squared away over at the practice rink, and they were all talking. They're, the Sharks-Ducks game from last night happened to be on TV, so they're talking about it. They're talking about, when did, when did Jeff fight? When did he fight? And they were like, oh, yeah, he fought Trevor's brother. And they were like, wait, what? Really? Like, it kind of all dawned on them that they were related. So that was a pretty cool uh, realization moment for some of the guys in the room. But Carrick's guy, he's, he's blended in right away. The guys, I think everybody loves getting – he gets along with everybody. He's, gone, he's already gone golfing with the guys. Uh, so he's it's, – it's nice that he, he's into the locker room and, and has integrated himself really well. But this is someone who I think the Sharks maybe aren't going to rely on heavily if they need him. But it's it's a it's he's a good stable body who's been around for a bit. He's been on the older side too, in terms of guys on our roster. So he could be somebody who maybe gets a, a look here and there if if injuries or, or whatever it may be if, if things come up. But uh, I'm excited to have him around. I, I expect he's someone who could potentially step into a leadership role. We still don't know what that's going to look like aside from John McCarthy right now. So. Uh, to be determined how that shakes out, but I'm excited to have him here. I think it's a, a nice little boost for the, the blue line. And he had 47 points last year. He had nine goals and 38 assists. He played the, the full AHL schedule. He played 71 games, um, so wasn't in the lineup for every game. Did also play in one NHL game up top with the Carolina Hurricanes, so he kind of think of him as more of a stay-at-home type of guy, uh, but he was able to put up some some good points and, and good numbers last year as well. Also added on 86 penalty minutes, so a guy who's Charlotte, he's Char- who was Charlotte's all-time leading scorer as a defenseman, so he's got a bit of a pedigree that kind of comes with him. I mean, Charlotte's a team that hasn't been around for a long, long time, but long enough that this guy, you know, is in just a couple of years has, has made that kind of an impact, which is something we should be excited about. And I think, too, to have a guy who has a winning pedigree, I think it's a bit of an understatement. I mean, the organization has brought in players who have leadership characteristics, having worn a letter, you know, the junior ranks or college ranks, or they have a winning pedigree, having won, you know, a Memorial Cup or, or a WHL championship, what have you, or even an NCAA championship. But this is just the second guy to ever wear a Barracuda sweater going into this year with a Calder Cup championship under his belt. And we talked about the guy um, who's done it before, and that was Zach Stortini. And, of course, that happened early in his career. So um, I think it's a nice addition it's, to leadership and experience. Yeah, you can't it, – it's tough to put a, a value on something like that. I mean, Stortini, obviously, when he came in here that 16-17 season, he he didn't play a ton for the Barracuda. I mean, he, he played a little bit, but as we got into the grind of things, he kind of was on the, the outs looking in. But everything you hear from guys who are on that team, who, who talk about Sortini, everybody speaks so highly of him and, and just what he brought to the locker room as far as his, his experience goes. 
uh, and, and the kind of guy that he was uh, spoke volumes about how, how important it is to have somebody with that kind of experience. So hopefully someone like Trevor Carrick, who has gone through you know, the grind of a, a Calder Cup run and winning a Calder Cup, can share that as we get closer to, uh, you know, come playoff time in the spring or if they hit uh, that January, February wall where some of the young guys kind of start to slow down a little bit and get used to the pro game. Someone like Carrick can be the guy who can, you can hopefully lean on a bit. So it's not just a John McCarthy. It's someone you can lean on to, to get a little bit more insight and advice. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't had the chance to, to ask him yet, but I'm sure his summer fell short. I mean, not only do you have a long run, which cuts into your summer, then you get traded um, in the late stage of the summer. So I'm sure he was probably back home and, and then got the call and had to hurry up and scramble to, to figure out a living situation in Northern California. But again, an exciting addition at the AHL level. And, you know, for the Sharks, the organization, I think, you know, you're adding depth on the blue line. And not only are you doing that, you're also assisting your AHL club. I think, you know, providing a, a guy who's been there and done that could provide, you know, some insight and some wisdom to the younger players. And again, this is expected to be one of the youngest groups uh, in the AHL as we've seen the last few years. So, um, I think that's a, it's a nice addition. You look on the back end, there's a lot of intriguing pieces with the Barracuda going in um, to this year. Right now, of course, Jake Middleton is still up with the big club, but Nick DeSimone was assigned back down, and DeSimone had a breakout season last year. He had 46 points in 65 games. So um, you're going to have some offensive contributors from the blue line, no matter, you know, who the Sharks need, who they recall. There's still enough depth, I think, at that position that uh, makes you pretty excited what could be to come um, on the Barracuda Blue Line. Yeah, I mean, all signs right now point to it seems like Mario Ferraro is going to make the Sharks team out of camp, which is great that's for a second-round draft pick. That's, that's kind of something you're looking for, and someone who has a high motor like that too. Uh, I would expect by the time Redeem Shimmick is, is healthy and able to start playing in games again, like officially, uh, that Ferraro would likely end up coming back uh, down to the Barracuda just so he can continue to get that playing time uh, unless he just wows everybody, which is certainly possible. Um, I would expect us to have Jake Middleton for a bit, but he may be one of those yo-yo guys going back and forth. Uh, and then Thomas Gregoire is another guy who I'm, I'm kind of looking at this year to take that next step. I think, I mean, we know he's he's always kind of provided that offensive upside, but it'll be interesting to see how he's worked on his defensive game over the summer. Uh, I know he trains with his brother and things like that. So uh, hopefully all that, you know, starts to come together a bit. But defensively, it's even last year we were pretty sound defensively and we're pretty deep. I think we're just as deep this year, if not a little bit stronger. And another guy I think that has opened some eyes at camp, and, and whether he makes the big club or not, right now he's down in the HL is Nikolai Kanishov, who they signed um, out of Russia. He, he did play some you know, youth hockey here in the States in, in Arizona, but last year he played a couple games in the KHL and then mostly you know, down in their second-tier league. But this is a young, intriguing player with good size. at 6'3 and 200 pounds. Um, I think he's going to go right into the mix and be a guy that I, you'd expect Roy Sommer to plug in right away mm -hmm. and play. Um, just going down the list, Jeremy Waugh, another guy. I think this is a big, big year for him. Of course, he had back-to-back -back knee injuries, but he was healthy last year. Um, and I think this year, if he's going to take off, it's now for him to, to do so. And um, a guy who, when he got it going, he had an ability to put, put up some points last year at the AHL level. So, um, you know, certainly some storylines on the back end as you look at the decor. Yeah, can you drop? I think everybody's pretty excited about. We were actually talking with him or – we overheard Roy talking with him at lunch on, on Monday about Roy had asked him if his team back in the KHL had started up yet, and he was kind of explaining to us how that the off-season schedule went for the KHL, and it's, it's kind of bizarre where they've, the season ends and they've essentially got two months, and then they're right back into a 
essentially, what do you say, a three-month training camp? Basically starts at, at the start of July, and you, you do two weeks, I think he said, of some off-ice training, and then you're on the ice for almost two months. Which is crazy, like before games start. So, I mean, he, this, I mean he's, a, he's obviously a workhorse kind of guy, but he's a young kid, um, and somebody that the Sharks are very high on. And Jeremy Waz is obviously an interesting situation. Everybody's curious to see how this, this shakes out with him being such a, a high draft pick and how he taught a prospect. Uh, I talked to him during dev camp, and I was, you know, how's your, it was the first time I saw him, so how's your summer going, all that kind of stuff, and, and he got a chance to travel a little bit, but he was real excited for how he feels coming into this season because this was the first offseason he's had to train properly. You know, he hasn't really had that because of the injuries. He's always been cut short, only had to do rehab. This is the first year he's fully healthy going into the offseason, so there, he could do a lot more, and he f- just it sounds like he feels a lot stronger coming into this year's camp and, and this year's season. So hopefully that's something that translates to, to game speed and game action, and he can be a big contributor for us, like yeah. everybody hopes that he is. And sometimes you, you just forget about the mental side of it, too. He had back-to-back knee injuries, so not only did he have one and miss a lot of time, he had another one you know, pretty quickly after that. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure from an, athletics, from an athlete standpoint that you start getting your own head and you're maybe not trying to, you know, push it as hard as you would if you were 100% healthy. So just to get beyond that, know that you're physically ready and physically capable to handle the rigors of a long season, I, I think is going to go a long way for him. And I, it, it makes me excited to see what he could do this year. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, a high pick back in 2015, I think he went 32nd to 31st over, 31st yeah. overall, I believe Somewhere. then, he which was, he was, he was would have been a first, first rounder first now because there's the 31 second, teams. First pick, first, second pick in the second yep. round, so. Yeah, so yeah, very intriguing on what type of year um, Jeremy Walk could put together. And, of course, the forward position loaded in terms of talent. Um, Joachim Blickfeld, a guy who really impressed during the preseason with the Sharks. He's down in the AHL. Um, he, of course, is a guy you expect uh, a lot from quickly. Uh, Noah Gregor played last night. He's got a couple preseason games, and he showed off some, some real good speed. Um, so as you touched at the top, this is going to be a fast group, a skill group, and that's what uh, head coach Roy Sommer echoed uh, today as well. First impressions, well, the team's fast and they're skilled. Now he's got to get them um, to you know understand and figure out you know, the different systems and, and the way they want them to play and, and to, you know, get them to get them up to speed for what it takes to be a pro hockey player. But, you know, the foundation is there. The skill is there. Stuff you can't necessarily teach. So um, should be a pretty good group. Yeah. And that's what I mean. All these guys we talk about, we, we still aren't, we're talk, not talking a ton about guys like Chekovich and Shemilevsky, guys who we've seen in the past and who we know can produce. These are guys we're not even really talking a lot about because there's so much excitement around these guys who are relatively new to the organization, these Gregors, these, these Blickfelds, the, the, Shel- the Joel Shellmans, guys like that who are, are relatively new. These are guys who are going to have a, a serious impact for us. I mean, you're, you're Jeffrey Viel. I mean, he's a guy who is, I think, the Sharks are after, after what happened last night in Anaheim. The Sharks are probably going to look at him to, you know, if they need a heavy body to come in and, and be that physical presence he could be that guy who kind of goes up and down a little bit. You still got, uh, I know Manny Weederer is still up with the Sharks, but he hasn't even been reassigned yet. So we've got that side of things. Evan Weinger, all these guys who have played with us before, we're not really focusing on because there's so much new, new talent. There's this influx of youth and, and speed that a lot of these guys that we're used to um, are kind of kind of take a back seat to some of these new names, but it just, it, we're going to be deep and talented this year. So it's, I, I can't wait for it to really get started. I'm really looking forward to Friday and Saturday with these preseason games to finally see what it's like 
with these guys against a different color jersey and, uh, you know, really ramp things up a bit. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we'll find out a lot from these two preseason games. Guys have got opportunities to play uh, in in high-pressure situations. Um, We always talk about these games not mattering. Maybe they don't in the standings, but they certainly do for guys trying to make an impression Mm -hmm. and get off on the right foot. So we saw it a few years ago. I I always look back at a Marcus Sorensen, still a little bit unknown when he was brought over from Sweden. He scored three goals in his Barracuda debut in a preseason game, and that kind of set the tone for the remainder of his season. So sometimes you find out more about guys um, in those preseason games than, than anything you learned over the week of practicing because, you know, you start going against different teams, different sweaters, and you can kind of measure measure where you're at. So two preseason, preseason games this upcoming weekend at Solar for America Ice uh, at San Jose. Friday and Saturday. Friday is a 7 o'clock puck drop. Saturday is a 6 o'clock puck drop. Tickets are still available by going to sjbarracuda.com slash tickets. If you can't make the game, we will have broadcast coverage. We'll have radio streaming starting 15 minutes before each game. And you can list all the live action by going to sjbarracuda.com slash listen. So we do have you covered there, but again, there are some tickets available and not a bad seat uh, on that north rink at F4A. So should be pretty fun. Um, expecting some solid crowds, expecting the fans to be in it as they get excited for another upcoming season. And um, we'll know a lot more uh, by the time we get to Sunday. Yeah, you gotta, I mean, everybody knows who's who's been to Sharks Eyes before or has seen preseason games over there. It is a, a small space, but when you bring those bleachers in, you kind of jam-pack everything. It can and get a little loud, and you're only, you're really right on top of the guys and right on top of the action, so it creates a unique, uh, unique atmosphere, unique environment. But it'll be good. We're you know, like you said, we got we got the coverage going. No way, no no place to watch the game other than being there. So if if you want to see these guys in action, I encourage you to get your tickets because there are a limited number of tickets, and uh, once they're gone, they're gone. And it's to be determined if we're going to have any available at the door because we're expecting to have reached that limit so get them soon and uh and come on out and, and see these guys play there's a lot of guys who are on trial agreements too who are still you know they're they're fighting for for jobs there's a couple coast guys coming up but uh this uh, recent uh pto ato guy christoph harabic who is a 19 year old absolute tank from the czech republic i mean this kid's 64 he's like 210 pounds and he's 19 years old he's huge and uh, he's someone who I think we're just starting to get a bit of a look at. Um, Artem Ivan Yuzhenkov is another guy who showed up well in the rookie camp who I think they're kind of leaning on to maybe see if he does something that makes kind of an impact and earns himself a contract. Uh, so lots of things to, to keep an eye on. And then last but not least, the goalie situation, because now we've got four goalies in Barracuda camp. So who's going to see action this weekend? Who's not? Who's going to you know, maybe take the reins and... and start to solidify themselves in that depth chart a little bit. Yeah, and I think we'll have a, a pretty clear understanding on who the Barracuda are going to have for opening night as early as this weekend because the Sharks play their final preseason game on September 29th. That's Sunday. And I don't know if Pete DeBoer is going to want to bring a ton of extras out to Vegas because they play their regular season opener on the road in Vegas, and the team's actually going to stay in yeah. Vegas. So it kind of adds a different element to what you normally be used to. I think if you were to play, hypothetically, if you were going to play at home, you'd be able to play all your guys and then make cuts and reassignments mm-hmm. right after the game. Well, in this situation... 
they may want to make their decisions before that point, and we may have a you know a better idea and, um, on who we'll have for opening night. And also, there may even be some guys that play in that second preseason game for the Barracuda because the decisions have already been made. So um, kind of a unique situation with the Sharks playing their final preseason game in Vegas and then their first regular season game in Vegas as well and staying there for a few days. Yeah, I think they're using this this extended trip to Vegas is almost like a bonding trip, similar to how Roy sets up the camping trip for the Barracuda there, spending it in Vegas uh, with the NHL club. So I would assume that by October 1st, rosters are set one way. Like the Sharks will have their roster set for opening night and we'll have our guys. Uh, I hope that's the case because October 1st is our media day. So hopefully everybody who's going to be with us is there. I'm sure we'll have a couple guys who we may miss just because of the, the nature of the the situation the Sharks are in, a guy like maybe Ferraro, who we may not be able to grab on media day. So uh, you'll obviously have those situations. But I would, I would guess, if not by Saturday or Sunday, at least by Tuesday, every, all, everything's all uh, figured out. And we know which direction we're going in. So that way when we go down to Ontario on a week from Friday, we're locked and loaded, ready to go. Yep, yep. So, again, opening night is October 4th in Ontario, and then the home opener is October 11th against the San Diego Goals. So things are getting going. Um, again, we'll have a better idea on the roster. A, a good chunk of guys have already been assigned uh, down to the Barracuda, and you can go to sjbarracuda.com to check out the entire updated um, roster right now. But for now, you know, we've got preseason games, and hopefully we'll have some more clarification on some camp battles, and maybe get some guys can elevate their game and, and open some eyes of the coaching staff and stick around if they're already under contract. So a couple of guys, as you just mentioned, um, Joey, is guys who are trying to earn jobs and make an impression. So some good uh, good stuff coming up on, on the weekend. And um, by the time we talk to you guys all next week, you know, we'll, we'll be right before we take off for, for Ontario. So We're bringing on guests next week, too. So yes. if you're listening out there and if you want to hear from certain guys heading into the first weekend of the season, let us know who you want to hear from and uh, – We'll try to make it happen. Yeah, I think we maybe have to bring Carrick on, a new guy. Seems we'll, like a good we'll one. Usher him in, but yeah. we'll see. We'll, we'll decide as we get we get there and see what the availability is for the guys as well. But uh, for now, we'll uh, say so long. We'll talk to you guys all next Wednesday. Again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we hope to see you guys all this upcoming weekend at S4A for a couple of exhibition games against the Colorado Eagles. Go Cuda. Go Cuda. <laughs>